This is Strength Agenda Radio, the podcast where the strong go to get smarter. Each episode features some of the most interesting athletes and coaches in the strength world, sharing their favorite stories, expertise, biggest mistakes, and training tips. And now, here's your host, Tom Soroka. It's Games Week, boys and girls. So episode 25 of Strength Agenda Radio features CrossFit Games athlete and my good friend Jeb Simmons. Jeb is a great mind for business and has built Northfit Creamery CrossFit Fort Atkinson into one of the most premier training facilities in the Midwest. So you're going to want to listen to this one if you're looking to build your own business into some sort of behemoth. But on today's top of the show, we got a hot question. It's very simple. It goes, Tom... What is your stance on all the positive drug tests in CrossFit recently? Okay, so here we go. First off, I'm not going to take this the way most folks would want me to. Simply put, it's both a waste of your time and my time to keep rehashing things that are done and over with. Instead, I would like to offer solutions to the problem that I think can actually help create a better overall experience for the CrossFit Games and HQ. Second, being involved in you know most of the recent drug busts, it's easy to sit an armchair quarterback and call CrossFitters stupid. But the fact of the matter is this. CrossFit is brand new in terms of being a professional sport. They just recently had their 10th anniversary not too long ago, where other professional sports have been going for 100 years or more. The biggest issue is not that people are doping, but that they don't have the processes in place to combat it at the level at which it's spreading to. And before we go any further, I need you all to understand that PEDs are not just steroids, and that's not what I think a majority of the hardcore users are doing. Things like EPO, which is a common drug used among cyclists to increase aerobic capacity, sorry, um, or HGH, which helps aid in bone density and tendon strength, or other lesser substances that can be contained within the pre-workout you pick up at any store with the label proprietary blend listed as their ingredient. The big issue I see is from the top down. HQ has always had a hands-off approach to running their business and affiliates, and up until now, there's been nothing wrong with that. But the issue comes now that more and more people are getting caught cheating, and there isn't an increase in information being given to these athletes to help prevent it. I refer to USAW a lot because that's my sport, but we are a drug-tested sport governed by the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Now, not every athlete in USAW gets tested. As a matter of fact, they have flat out said to some of us, you are not good enough yet to worry about this, so don't. But the minute you register as a member, you are bombarded with information from USADA, and you have to take certain online courses and fill out questionnaires just to attend national level meets. We are given plenty of websites and materials telling us what to watch for, what will get us a positive test, and what are supplements that are okay to use. This isn't just for athletes. Coaches are expected to know this information, and they are offered an immense amount of knowledge on the testing protocols, the policies, and the banned substances that they're looking for with the athletes. So even if you aren't competing for international spot yet, by the time you get there, you better know what's expected of you, and you have no excuse for ignorance. With HQ for CrossFit, they push tons of useful information on dumbbells for scaling in the paleo diet, but how often have they educated their general population or even the open participants on PEDs? Or what about the regional qualifiers? Now I'm not talking about a biology lesson here on what they do, but a list of things that could get you in trouble and supplements and companies that are okay for competition is a great place to start. 
if you are signing up for the Open, which we all know is the start to the CrossFit game season, you better be aware of the possibility of drug testing and what is expected of you. I'm not saying you have to have you know one-on-one with grandpa about PEDs before or after class, but having information that has come from the top down at your disposal is a valuable resource for coaches and affiliate owners to have. But if the information doesn't come from the top down, I suggest you check out USADA's site. They have a list of banned substances that may shock you when you read them. There's some cold medications, allergy meds, stuff like that that can get you in trouble. I'm not kidding about this one. But also, there's tons of useful resources that talk about what is safe to use and where to obtain banned substance-free or BSF supplements. If you're willing to research the best training methodologies and the latest and greatest nutrition or recovery programs, why wouldn't you take the time to investigate PEDs? A little more, you know, so you can make sure that you aren't getting a positive test from taking something that was blue and delicious. And on another note, just because somebody was caught cheating doesn't mean they are lazy cheaters, okay? Drugs, you know, or drugs are not, you still have to do the work. I highly recommend, you, if you get a chance, go ahead and read Kirk Radomski's Bases Loaded or jo- Jose Canseco's Juiced or Vindicated. They were written during the baseball steroid era and were pretty eye-opening for me as to the culture and why PEDs became such a problem in pro sports. They're easy reads and you'll walk away with the education you need on PED usage and the basic pharmacology of why the athletes felt the need to take them. With as many positive tests as we've seen lately, especially in the team's divisions where you are are changing the future of others, ignorance is no longer an excuse, no matter how many appeals processes you go through. Everyone can complain, but not everyone takes the time to learn. Now, let's get on with the show. So give me two claps and a Ric Flair. (laughs) Woo! Welcome to Strength Agenda Radio. Uh, My guest today is a local legend, uh, CrossFit Games athlete, um, the originator of Old Man Strength, in my opinion, um, is Jeb Simmons. He owns uh, the North Fit Creamery, home of CrossFit Fort Atkinson up in Wisconsin. Jeb, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. You sound so excited. You just got finished working out, though. I get it. Um, so, Jeff, for those who might not know who you are, give us a little bit of background on yourself. Um, just kind of, you know, what you did before your fitnessing, um, how you got into fitnessing, and then your, you know, your current state and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Jeb Simmons. I live up in Wisconsin. Forty-three years old. Um, started fitnessing what seven years ago now. Uh, opened a gym just to. Uh, have a place warm to work out um, with a couple of my buddies, and it kind of took off from there. Um, before that, about 25 years of construction work. Uh, worked for my dad. He owned the company, and then uh, kind of was on my own for a while. And um, just yeah, always worked construction. So, so what you're saying is anything that involves sandbags or moving out objects, like you're good to go when it comes up in a workout. <laughs> Yeah, like that stuff, that's every day, yeah, that stuff doesn't bother me at all. Well, that was kind of, so I remember back at Wadapalooza like two or three years ago when people were freaking out about like the heavy sandbags and stuff like that. Um, I remember, <laughs> I don't remember who told me, it might have been John Dill telling me the story about you just like walking up to it, the sandbag, just picking it up and like, oh, we used to do this at the construction site, just like this. And you like flipped it over your shoulder and walked away. And a lot of like the younger athletes were kind of just like, uh, what? Because obviously they weren't training with sandbags and stuff like that. And that's personally the stuff I love um, about, like, the CrossFit workouts. Like, I love all the odd object stuff, like the gymnastics and the burpees and all that can go kick rocks. But, like, you throw, like, a sandbag (laughs) in there or a D-ball or a yoke or some sort of a heavy barbell or carry, 
Like I am all about that. So I met you through Outlaw. Um, I had heard kind of rumblings for a while there. Like we were, we were both being coached by Rudy Nielsen for a, a period of time. And I had heard about, you know, this guy up in Wisconsin that was trying to qualify for the American Open final in weightlifting. Um, and, and I had no clue who you were. And I think I finally met you at the 2015 American Open. Is that correct? That was the one that was yeah. in Reno, right? Yep. And so you, yep. you, you, mm-hmm. you competed as you, you competed in the Open, uh, uh, qualified, uh, you know, obviously you were a Masters athlete, but you competed in the Open, which is a, it was a feat in and of itself. And then we, you know, Thank I you. found out you were so dang close. And then the other thing that I, that drew me to you is you're, you're a motorcycle enthusiast. Um, I can't remember what the show was, but it was you and your wife. You guys came down or there was a show out in, was it Milwaukee? Was there was a motorcycle expo that you guys were going to? And then you decided to come down for the day and we went to Kuma's for dinner and all that stuff. And, um, so, so you're, you're a motorcycle enthusiast. You've done mama tried or you've gone out there a couple of times. Have you ever done, um, Sturgis at all or anything along those lines? Uh, Sturgis, I go every year. Like I don't miss it. Yeah. That's like my one getaway. Every yeah. year. What kind of bike do you have? Yep. Uh, I got a couple of Harleys. I got a Road King and uh, I got a Heritage. And then uh, I got a bike that I built on my own well, nice. about 10, 12 years ago now. So Very cool. Very cool. Love bikes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I just recently sold mine, but I'm saving up to get a, a, an Indian Scout Bobber right now. Um, that's my next. Are you? Nice. Yeah, that's what I nice. want to get. I had a, a 750 Shadow. And once mm-hmm. we moved up here, I literally rode it six times. Um, just with opening the gym and all that stuff. So it was just sitting here, we're paying insurance for it. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to get rid of it and then get something that I really want. And so uh, my dad and I went to McCormick Place here, had a had a motorcycle show. And we got up there and I wanted to, I was looking around at the Indians and stuff like that. And they, I just like their old, their old school paint jobs. And so yeah. I want to get, uh, and they, nice just op- they just opened up an Indian dealership not too far from here. So we're going to go, or one when, when it's time, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to think my next bike is going to be an Indian. But... The main reason I wanted to have you on here is when I first met you, you were in a little bit of a smaller space with your CrossFit, and now you've you know grown and 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 and, and built this. I, I call it like I said, a juggernaut almost. Like you just you seem to have just this. You know, obviously you have a much bigger space because your construction background. You did a lot of the work in and on it stuff, and your membership has just boomed and all that stuff. And it, I, th- I think it's kind of interesting to me because you came into CrossFit right when it was in that transition of the, you know, the, the this is just a box, this is just a, a dirty old warehouse that people come to work out in, to it was starting to transition into an all-encompassing, you know, one-stop shop. They had like a nutrition aspect, you had a boot camp, you had a CrossFit light. You had, you know, kettlebell classes. You had all these different aspects of that. And I feel like you kind of came in right when that transition was starting to take place. You were able to pivot into that transition. And now you guys obviously have a very successful um, business. If you go uh, look on their Instagram page at, at, at NorthFit, um, they're constantly, you know, uploading stuff, tips, things like that. And you have, a, you have a ton of coaches and all that stuff. So talk about that. Like what was the difference versus like when you first decided to open a CrossFit versus where you're at now in terms of, you know, building everything up. Um, yeah, like when we first opened, um, we opened it, it was just kind of a, like a fun thing. Like that's me and a couple of my buddies were like, that's, that's open a gym. We were, we were basically doing CrossFit in a, in our basement. Um, and then a few others wanted to join. So we got out of the basement, went to a warehouse that didn't have any heat. And then someone was like, that's, that's, that's start a gym. 
if we can get enough members to pay for the heating and stuff like that, at least we'll have a nice place to work out. Yeah. Um, but really didn't think anything of it. It was kind of going to, you know, it was, it was just kind of like a hobby. Like, Hey, this is a fun thing to do. Um, and then, um, we, I think we needed like 38 members in order to cover all of our expenses. And we didn't care if we made money, you know, we were just kind of getting into it. And like I said, it was great. We'll have a nice, some nice equipment, some heat, we'll work out, train a few people here and there, but we were still learning. We didn't know what, we didn't know what we were doing, to be honest. And when I look back now, like it was, it was just kind of, we were just throwing it out there. And, you know, most of the people that we had as members were friends of ours. So, you know, it was, I don't know when I, Seriously, when I look back now, I was like, sometimes I can't believe people actually trusted what I was telling them to do. So, um, <laughs> it was that charm and good looks but... that got them. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, yeah, something. Anyways, um, and then it came time to like, we started growing, and all me and the two guys I started gym with, we all had full time jobs. So then it came time to, you know, fast forward a year or two, and it was like, the gym was growing and basically one of us had to make a decision, you know, if we were going to take over the gym yeah. uh, full time and make this our thing. And, um, I went home to my wife, Meg, and was like, Hey, the other two guys don't want the gym. If I don't take it, the gym's going to close. Yeah. And I was kind of tired of doing that construction thing. I had done it for years and, um, you know, but I have four kids and it was kind of like, I mean, probably one of the biggest decisions of my life, you know, we sat down and, and basically Meg was like, what do, what do we got to lose? You know, yeah. like, let's just go for it and, and see what happens. So that was kind of the turning point. Like that, you know, then we were all in, then it was like, all right, we're going to start, you know, taking this, not that we didn't take it serious, but this is, you know, like you had said earlier, like we, that's when it was kind of like, all right, we're going to get into the you know nutrition side of things and, yeah. and the kids program and, you know, how can we, you know, uh, like right now my dad comes in, he had a, uh, open heart surgery a year ago, you know, how, how are we going to coach and program for all these different people that are going to come in? And so we really started, um, kind of diving in, doing our research, um, you know, whatever we could get our hands on talking to, you know, for me, talking to guys like you and, and other coaches around the U S and, um, and yeah, and then it was, all right, let's, let's see what we can, what we can do with this gym. Um, and we did all right for, for the first, uh, you know, couple of years that we took over. Yeah. Um, but we really weren't, to be honest, we really weren't making money and, and we, we were getting by, but it was, what was that next step? Like, what was that next step that we needed to really, um, get ourselves out there and, and get the membership up and, and this and that. And that's when you start looking kind of at alternate you know, ways of income and, and Absolutely. so yeah, then we started doing, you know, different programs and, and stuff like that, building our staff. Um, so, so what did you guys do in particular? Cause I feel like with every business, I think about like for anybody that's listening to this, if you think you're going to go into it right away and say, you know, you're going to be making money off the bat, like you need a slap in the face or you need to be real with yourself. Um, because you can yeah, explain just yeah. as well as I, like you don't make money in your business the first year. Like it's very hard no, I didn't, to do so. I didn't, I didn't take a paycheck for the first two years. Exactly. Yeah, first I two mean, years we were open. I didn't, I didn't get paid. 
yeah, I mean, if you're if you make money in the first year, it's probably not going to be a lot. Like you're going to be able to, right. you know, keep the lights on, pay your coaches, you know, take care of utilities, all your other expenses and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, there's not going to be a ton to take home. Like that's going to take a lot of extra effort and a lot of extra work that just sometimes when you're first starting out, you don't have the time for. And so it takes a little bit to be finally taking like a consistent paycheck home from the gym. And when you start getting to that point, they get to where you were talking about that, that that's kind of that fork in the road. Like, okay, are we going to keep doing what we're doing and be satisfied with taking a little bit of money home? Or are we going to go this way and try to figure out how to maximize our time and, you know, maximize the potential of the space, the membership, et cetera, whatever we got going on and make a lot more money and stuff like that. So what, programs or advice or mentorship or anything along those lines that you guys kind of decide, you know, in terms of, cause obviously you guys took the other, you know, the other fork in the road there to see how much you can maximize the potential of yeah. what you guys had going on. So who did you go to? Who did you turn to, to kind of help you move in that direction? Um, so yeah, Meg, um, Meg decided to take on the business side of things cause my computer skills and finance skills were, you don't learn that stuff through construction. I can coach all day long. So Meg, yeah. Meg took that that on, and then so I was the head of you know coaching and programming. She took the business side of things. Yeah. Um, and then she came to me one day and she goes, "Hey, uh, John Swanson offers this this mentorship type thing, business mentor. I think we need to do it." Okay. And I, off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of the program. I wish Meg was here, um, but she. And then she told me, then she told me how much it costs each month. And I'm like, there, there's no way, like yeah. we can't do it. You know, we, we, how can we physically, we don't, we can't afford that. And, um, she's like, I, I just feel like this is what we have to do. You know, if we're going to really dive in and, um, we did it, we made, we managed, you know, it's kind of one of those things like you, you just do it and you make ends meet any way you can. And it was, it was um for us it was a turning point like we went from long story short we i bet at that time if we had 100 members maybe um and now we have over 300 you know and it was a struggle in the beginning but i mean we, we revamped everything i had to you know from our from our way our business was run to you know way we were coaching to my staff um they went through everything and was like you got to change this, that, this, you got to get rid of this. I mean, I had, I had to fire one of the guys that I started the gym with. Okay. He was coaching for me and he was not the right fit for what the way I wanted the vision I had for my gym. Yeah. And our business mentor was like, okay, you got to let him go. And I'm like, I, this, this is a guy I started our gym with, you know, and I was friends with him, good friends with him. And he's like, yeah, but he, he's ruining He's not bringing to the table what you need him to, basically. You know, he, yeah. he was falling out of love with CrossFit. His coaching was kind of just blah. And, I mean, that was a hard, very yeah. difficult. As a, as a boss, like, you don't think about those things when you start a gym. Like, everybody's no. like, oh, that's, that's fun. Let's start a gym and have a great time. But when it truly comes down to time to, like, make money and take care of your family and you got to fire one of your good friends, that, that's, that's tough work. It takes it takes a lot, you know? Yeah. And I, I think um, that's, I think that's the one thing that like, 
another thing that separates like the really good gym owners, you know, or business owners in general from like, I would say like mediocre or, you know, the average ones is like, you have to be able to have those difficult conversations. You have to be able to make those hard decisions. If something is not working for you, whether it's a member, whether it's a coach, whether it's a service that you are paying for, like you need to be able to, you know, cut it off if it's not in your best interest. And sometimes, like you said, there could be, it can get messy. Like it could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be somebody that you've worked with for years and all that stuff. And like I said, if you either outgrow that relationship, like it, that can be a very hard conversation. And that's one thing that I see a lot when, you know, I talk to people and all that stuff. They're like, I have this one coach, I have this one member and, you know, they really just kind of bring the group down, but I just, I've been friends with them forever. Like it's just a really tough conversation. It's like, well, if you want to be better, if you want to, you know, grow your business, you're going to have to make those difficult conversations, you know, you have those difficult conversations and make those difficult decisions. So kudos to you for being able, you know, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So now not fun. No, it's, it's not, not fun, fun at all. I've, I've had my fair share and you, you lose <laughs> friendships over it, but it's like at the end of the day, like the one thing I always try to tell people is like, look, like I, I had a recent issue at the gym where I had to, I had to excuse somebody from the gym. Um, it's just their way of doing things just wasn't jiving with what we were having to build. And I said, I said, look, I said, here are your options. I hope you can understand. Like at the end of the day, this is a business I'm trying to run. So, you know, if they can't respect or understand that, then, you know, it probably wasn't a good fit in the first place. So what are some things that you implemented? Like what were some, or not, let's, let's take it back a little bit more. What were some things that changed? Um, like, obviously I'm not trying to get out, get rid of all like the things that you, you paid or give out all the things you paid for, you know, for free or something, but what were just some small changes that you made from what you were doing things when you had a hundred members, which in my opinion, you know, that is a successful gym. A hundred members is, you know, at, at whatever you're charging, that is, that is a good clip, you know, versus like you've almost, you know, you've doubled and tripled that now. Like what were just some little things that you guys were able to implement from the start that helped grow that and, you know, maintain the quality that you were providing? Um, this is one, I, I'll tell you the biggest one for me, and this is the the one that hit me the most. Yeah. Um, so Meg, Meg went to the seminar, the first seminar and she came back and she goes, we were talking, she's like, the first thing you need to change is your coaching. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you over coach. Yeah. And I, and I thought, well, what are you talking about? Like, I want to be the best coach that anybody you know, I want to be the best coach out there. I want to be, you know, I want to give these people what they pay for. And she's like, yeah, but you're undervaluing yourself. Right. You're giving them everything all at once. So they have no reason to want to get personal training or Um. um, come in and pay extra money for weightlifting or, you know, whatever it is. Cause you give them all that every single class. That's interesting. And that like blew my mind. I'm like, I am not going to not coach good. And she's like, it's not about not coaching good. It's just giving them a taste, giving them a taste and wanting them to spend the extra money to, which brings revenue in at the end of the day. That was a hard one for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Some of it, like you said, you want to be the best you can possibly be to hear that what you're doing isn't okay or isn't good like that's like that's like a, it's a blow to your ego like you don't want to hear that you don't want to hear that you're doing yeah. something wrong but yeah no i can totally see how that makes sense okay um what else what were some other things like what now in terms of like your intake or uh you know with athletes like lead generation stuff like that was there anything in particular that you guys changed like obviously having the bigger facility helps 
um, and having things right. done like your way. Cause you pretty much like outfitted the gym the way you wanted it. Correct. Like you built pretty much everything and you yeah. know, you did a lot of the yep. construction and stuff your own. Right. So that was like your baby, the new facility. That is how you want it, you know, to look correct. Yep. So yep. is there anything yeah. that you guys were able to implement based on that, that allowed you to bring people in and kind of get them into the system, like your way that you weren't able to do before? Um, yeah, I mean, we were, so at the new space, we had more, more space. So I was able to open up like a, a Olympic lifting area. Um, yeah. you know, and, and just flat out, I'm able to, to have more people in class yeah. per, you know, per hour where before I only had, you know, so many, um, you know, so much space, so many barbells, you know, so many plates. Um, the, one of the big things they said too, is, is our prices were way low. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you go into business, you want everybody to be, you know, you want to survive. So you keep your prices yeah. down and then you're like, Oh, I'm doing good. And then they have the attitude that you need to charge more because, you know, people need to pay for this. Like you're, you gotta believe that you're worth the money that you're charging. I was going to say, that, you have to get what you, get what you're worth. Exactly. And that was hard because, you know, in the beginning, I'll, I'll admit it, you go to a, you, you spend a thousand dollars, you go to CrossFit level one and then, and they're like, there you go, open a gym, you know? And now it, it, I look at people that there's a lot of people that go there and get their L1 and I'm, I look at them like they don't know shit in my opinion. No, you know what I mean? No. They're like, they're not ready to coach, but Absolutely. that's, you know, you mentioned it earlier at the time that I did it, like that was, that was it. Like that's what people were doing, you know? It was, yep. Went down, got your L1. Chicago was the closest area for that. You go down there, come back. Hey, let's open a gym. Let's do this. You know, um, it's it's from there. You know, then it's the experience. But you got to believe you're worth the money that you're charging people. You know, and that was that's it's hard because who do you base that off of? You know what I mean? CrossFit hasn't been yeah. around a long time in in, in Wisconsin, so it's kind of like who you know who am I? Who am I comparing myself to? Yeah, I think yeah. I'm a good coach, but am, am I really? You know, and, yeah. it, and that was a hard one. So, you know, being able to, again, Meg was basically like, I'm charging this whether you like it or not. You know, we, <laughs> Meg, like, I, I don't argue with her because, again, no. I don't do the business, but I do when she comes to me and says, hey, I'm raising the prices just so you know, I want you to be aware, you know, and there's times I'm like, are you, are you sure? Yeah. And, you know, oh, and no. she's like, yeah you're worth it. And I'm like, I, okay, like if you, I, you know, dude, I, I am a hundred percent in that boat with you. Uh, last year we raised the prices at the gym and everything like that. And Beth was working with a mentor. My wife does pretty, it sounds like we mirror situations. Like Beth handles a lot of the business and stuff like that. And she flat out yep. was like, you know, this is what our mentor recommends. Like, I think this is a great idea. This is what we're going to do. And I had the same, are you sure kind of a thing? Because, yeah. um, again, like you, like in this area, when we first moved here, you know, moved back to Chicago and we decided to, you know, you know, open big shoulders, cross it, and, you know, what we were charging and then what we were charging for the barbell club, the barbell club was the big sticking point because nobody in this area was really charging that much. And I, I mean, this area, like this part of the suburbs, nobody was really charging right. what we were charging for a barbell club. And they were like, well, what? makes you so different and it was like on top of the fact that i was there every day working with the club like we also had ingrid markham who was a multiple-time national medalist and then we added on mike sure. zella who when he moved back and he's a multiple-time national medalist and all that stuff and you just had these you know three athletes with national level and international level experience so then, you know international being mike and you know ingrid and all that um and then right. ingrid also was on world teams for bobsled and stuff so we had like that experience 
with the the weightlifting that we were and we and I traveled to meets and I coached people up and all that stuff and, and you know I, I wrote everybody's program and so that was it was but it was hard for me to justify that because you looked around and nobody else was charging what we were so I'm like am yeah. I doing it wrong like am I overcharging or is this just something that's going to kind of have to pick up and then eventually now there's more barbell clubs popping up they're all kind of charging comparable to what we charge sort of it's a similar thing like you you gotta just charge what you're worth and it's gonna be uncomfortable but you know, you want to survive or not is kind of more the question you have to ask versus, you know, are you, are you comfortable with doing it? So, yeah, you know, pivoting to the coaching side of things, you and I've talked about this ad nauseum because you've had interns, um, you've had coaches come and go. I've had, you know, I, I, we, we just started doing interns and stuff like that at the gym and I've been fortunate enough. I haven't had a ton of coaches. I had a few when I was at big shoulders and now here at the strength gym, it's just me, Mike, and you know, we're bringing on another coach in the summer. Um, so let's talk about that. Like, I, I, I like the way you, like, I've talked to people about how they do interns and how they bring on coaches and onboard them and all that stuff. And I don't hear a lot of the same things you and I have talked about. And I don't know if it bothers me or not, but I'm just, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. So like, obviously now when you went through the mentorship did they kind of help you in terms of how to onboard coaches and stuff too, or was that something that you kind of had your own idea how to do and they just kind of helped nurture that along? Their their big thing as far as staff is everybody has to know their role. Right. And that was kind of, and I'm like, oh, they do. And they're like, no, like everybody needs a title. Like, you know, your, your gym owner, head coach, right. and then, you know, who, what are they right down the line? And, and they said by giving everybody a title, that way they know like, okay, this is my job. Right. Yeah. Um, and exactly. And, and so that was, you think you have it in order and you're like, I don't know. Everybody doesn't need a title. And then, then you realize, yeah, they do, you know? So now everybody knows and there's no arguing like, you know, I have a gym manager and this is his, this is what I expect, you know, and this and that. And I have three head coaches and and so on. So they're right. Like everybody knows what, what their job is, what needs to be done, you know, day in and day out. And that, that's huge. Um, And for me, like, as far as coaching goes, I need everybody on the same page that I'm on. It's my gym, right. my vision. Right. I don't care if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Cause this is what I want. This is what I expect. And, and I'm not, I'm not easy with on my coaches, you know, for, I, and I say it all the time. We have, um, we also started having staff meetings. We have staff meetings once a week. So everybody stays yeah. on board. You know, that was a big one that they, they wanted us to do. Um, I think that's you know, huge, especially with a bigger staff. Like if you don't have some sort of a meeting, whether it's through, you know, virtual or in person or something like that, like it's going to be very hard. Like you can't set expectations for your staff if they're not communicating on a semi-regular basis. So that's, that's huge. Like right. We only have, there's only the three of us right now at the gym. So it's easy for us to all talk to each other, but you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm really glad to hear people doing the staff meeting thing and trying to find a way to get everybody, you know, in one place to communicate and stay on the same page. Sorry, go ahead. Yep. It, it's, and we only have seven, seven um, staff members, but you know, and you, and we all see each other all the time, but everybody knows that Tuesday at one thirty we sit down, it's a hour or an hour and a half of, this is strictly staff meeting. You know, there's no, I don't want to say there's no messing around, but this is, this is business side of things. This is yeah. business, business Meg is there. Business Jeb is there. We're hammering through some stuff, you know, making decisions, switching things up, 
um, and you better be you better be there so you know what's going on, you know, type nice. thing. So um, we have enough fun throughout the week that they can spend a couple hours, you know, hammering through some of that stuff. Yeah, but you guys, you guys have some epic spike ball tournaments going on over there. <laughs> I still, I, yeah. I still have yet to play that game, and it looks. I don't know if I'd want to introduce that to a bunch of weightlifters that you know focus on power output all the time. I feel like I they feel bring like something. It would be fun to watch some big weightlifters play that game. Oh my! I, my guys and girls would absolutely destroy something or somebody trying to play that game. Like we have we have a, a dartboard at the at the gym. We'll throw Mike and I'll throw darts, and like yeah. I can't control myself. Like I feel like I'm going to put a dart through the wall every time I, I throw the thing. <laughs> Um, and then we were t- joking around the other day about, uh, uh, cornhole. We, I have a cornhole set. I was going to bring in the gym and I yep. can just see somebody taking out a light with a sandbag. Um, just yep. like even the little, the little bean bags. Like, it's just, I, I really worry about, you know, working on power all the time with these like power and strength. And then you sure. put something like that in their hand. I'm like, you're going to, cause they'll throw tennis balls all over the place and we have dumb gym lifts to begin with, but it, it, the spike, I, I'm really nervous about getting a spike ball set up for the gym, but um, yeah. so talk about like, talk, so I'm a new intern, you know, I, I want to intern with you and all that stuff go like from, from, you know, step one all the way to becoming a coach, if that's what their goal is, or if they're just a college kid trying to get some internship hours and stuff like that. Like, how do you treat working with interns and stuff? Um, interns, they just job shadow, you know, they, yeah. they, they're not going to coach. I'm, you know, uh, bottom line, my members pay good money to come. So they're going to get the best coaching that they yeah. get, you know. So I have um, one intern right now. She she doesn't get paid. She she cleans. She cleans the bathroom. She takes out the garbage. She vacuums, does all that stuff. Yeah. Um, she job shadows. So she she basically follows me around during class, uh, me or one of the other uh, my brother or, or Brady, the other two head coaches. And, yeah. um, you know, and she, it's, it's hours and hours of experience cannot, you, you can't beat that, you know? No, no, and, no. and that's what I tell her all the time. You know, um, I've had, and she's great. Like she, she does what she's supposed to. Um, is she the one know, that does the social media? No, that's I got oh, a different okay. one for that. So I, I got people for everything, Tom. You, I got people. You are that guy. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, no, I just I just remember for a while there, your social media went from like good to like really good, and I remember yep. just texting you, being like, "Hey, what do you? Who's doing this? Is that you or is that Meg or whatever?" And you're like, "No, it's one of my coaches. Wanted to like take it on as a project, and you know, yep. and like they they do a great job." So I was just curious if it was this intern, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had a different intern doing it. And she, she wasn't doing uh, what I wanted, and this other, um, it was a member, She, the girl that's doing my social media now was a member at the gym, and known her for years, um, yeah. and she's she just graduated, looking for something to do, I'm like, well, I'll pay a little bit of money to do my social media, because, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of doing it, and Meg doesn't want to yeah. do it, and she's like, absolutely, so um, she does a great job with it, and now she's absolutely. going on to... Um, she's actually going to help out with the kids program that we're starting, uh, next month. Nice, so it, nice. I would agree yeah, it's that, been great. I would concur. She's doing a great job with it. I like watching your Thank you. stuff. Um, definitely let her so, know. so what's your philosophy behind not paying interns? Because I know, like I said, again, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm getting at with this cause we've talked, but like, I know right. 
when I owned, you know, the CrossFit and even now, like I was very adamant about not paying interns and mm-hmm. we lost quite a few potential internships because we weren't going to pay people. Like our yeah. compensation was like you said, like the experience and then you, know, you get a gym membership, like you get to work out. You don't have to pay the membership to work out at the facility. Like you get access to the gym when you need to, you know, blah, 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 blah. But in this day yep. and age, for some reason that seems to be a lost art, so to speak. So what is, I want to hear your philosophy behind not paying internship, you know, not paying interns and letting them kind of like work their way up the ladder, so to speak. I feel like that, that shows me how much do they really want to be there? How much do they really want to learn to be a coach? You know what I mean? If you're doing it and not getting paid and you still show up every day and you're scrubbing toilets and you're taking out garbage and, and like that shows me that you you really want to be a part of the gym. You really want to be a coach at some point in your life. Right. And and it, like, like you said, at the end of the day, like it's not like they're not getting paid at all because they are, they're getting a, they're getting a, a an entire gym to use. I mean, at my gym, we have everything, sandbags, yeah. yokes, like they get full reign of using any one of those, you know, yeah. machines and, 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 you know, any day, anytime so to me that is like getting paid you know what i mean if yeah. i would have had a place to work out for free back in the day i would have been i would have been all over if i got to scrub some oh. toilets you know so that that's me like i just come from the old school yeah. like i remember growing up construction and you know i i started working with my old man at 10 years old you know yeah. and and he didn't pay me it was just come on you're coming with me to to go clean up you know yeah. and you know he fed me lunch great you know what i mean he wasn't like yeah, he wasn't mean exactly. about it but he's like you're coming to learn how to work and that's what she's doing she's learning how to coach and she's getting experience and she's job shadowing some of what i consider um some of the best coaches in wisconsin and that that's always been my goal with my gym i want to be the number one gym in wisconsin and then from there the midwest you know what i mean and so yeah. she's getting to be a part of that so yeah she's not physically getting a paycheck but at the same time the knowledge and the experience and in all that, like that's that's worth more. She's gonna be yeah. able to walk into if she decides to go to a different gym. She's gonna be able to walk in and say, "Hey, I spent you know this many hours shadowing Jeb yeah, exactly. and Trent and Brady, and that's worth that's worth you know that's worth more than than a paycheck, in my opinion." Yeah, so. Absolutely, no. I mean, there's just those experience. Like I was just gonna say, like you already talked about, like she goes to any other gym, that gym then's gonna be like, "Okay, where did you you know." intern learn all this nonsense from um and that kind of stuff is priceless i mean i know from you know my internships i you know in college for you know exercise science we had to do two unpaid internships and i remember i learned more from those two unpaid internships than i did from the paid one because it was just there was a little bit more hands-on and then there's a little bit more buy-in on my end and i'm not saying i was lazy at the paid internship but the paid internship was more like a job there was no self-exploration or you know trying to figure things out or figure out how to make things work like it was just i showed up i clocked in got my tasks done and clocked out i still learned stuff but just the valuable those those intangible things that you can take away from that and take to any other job like i got way more of those out of my two unpaid internships and if we're being completely frank about it like we've already talked about like you don't make money in your first year owning a business Right. Uh, like you didn't make money. You said your first two years, you know, I didn't make a ton of money, you know, my first couple of years and, you know, owning my yeah. own business. So it's just kind of one of those hardships, like you got to deal with it and, and figure out, like, um, we, we all do other things to make sure we, you know, we, we make up that income somewhere else. So it's just kind of 
riding that, you know, dealing with that for a little bit. And then, you know, when the time's right, you can, you know, capitalize on it. So, you know, where, where do you see Ford Atkinson going from here or, 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 or North Fit Creamer? Like you talked about, like you said, you want us to be the best in Wisconsin, best in the Midwest. Like what are things that you are adding to it or that you're refining and stuff like that, that are going to kind of take you to that next level? So we, three times a year, we do a six week challenge, which I think is huge for the gym. Yeah. Uh, we get, we did, we do two ladies, all ladies, female only six week challenges, which are big, big hits. Yeah. Um, the ladies love it. We give them, you know, we, they work out, they get nutrition, they get some guidance, you know, some of them stay at the gym, a majority don't, you know, they're just in it for six weeks and we have a lot of returning. Some of the ladies come back every six week challenge we have. I wish they would just stay at the gym, but they, they don't. Yeah. What is your, like, what would you say roughly a percentage of the, you know, the retention that you get on those challenges? Right off the challenge, I would say it's somewhere around 60% sign up and then... That's pretty good. It is. and But then after a couple months, we lose. I would say it probably drops down to under 50, 40% somewhere and they actually stay at the gym yeah. and become a full-time, you know, like a legit member or whatever. Um, some, you know, they, you know, you know how it is. They come up with excuses and, you know, but whatever. Um we did an all guys challenge for the first time this past winter and that was cool. Like I was, I was a little nervous about it because a lot of times you get guys in there and they're, they're the ones that are lifting way too heavy or just yeah. doing stupid things that you're like, Hey, but, um, I think we had like 20, 23 or 24 guys. Um, just everything went awesome. And I think we had a good turn. I think uh, I was, probably close to 70% of them signed up afterwards. That's awesome. Now, are these challenges that you like outsource through another company or that you do yourself through the gym? Like you run everything that has to do with the challenge. We run it all now. Nice. We used to, um, the first, the very first one we did, we ran through a different company. Um, but now our name's out there and, and well, so we just put out our, the word that we're doing a ladies challenge starting in, uh, April. Yeah. And it, I think it filled up in less than two weeks. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. even for whatever it's worth, like I hear about your gym down in this area. I mean, so <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, people will be like, oh yeah, there's this one gym up in, you know, right over, over the border, blah, 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 you know, North Fit and all that. I was like, all right, my buddy Jeb owns it. They're like, you know, Jeb. I was like, yes. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're a celebrity there, bud. but that's great. The other thing we're going to do before you go, like the other thing we're going to do, we're starting yeah. a, a kid's program. Nice. Um, it's called youth empowerment and we had a lot of people talking about like kids and we've tried to do kind of dabble in some kids stuff. Um, but I'll be honest, like I had my handful with just the programming for the, for the yeah. regular classes and stuff like that. And so I kind of said, you know, we can, we can start it, but I need someone else to run it. You know, right. I'm going to, someone else has to, to take it by the reins and do something with it. So, Absolutely. um, the the girl that runs my social media she's she's coached played sports coach kids for years um and we kind of sat her down and said you know if you're looking to be kind of involved in the gym and, and really get a, a like a full-time coaching position yeah. um this could kind of be your your thing and yeah. she was like yeah i want it like let's do it cool. um so we we opened up sign up for the kids chant our kids Youth empowerment is called. Yeah. Um, 
and we interview the kids. Bottom line, we have 80 kids signed up to wow. start in like two weeks. That's yeah. awesome. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. So, um, that that's that's going to be interesting. We're gonna. That's awesome. I mean, we're we're gonna have to make sure everything's running on point, but it should be fun, you know. So yep. honestly, for us, I think that's a huge one. I think the kids thing is going to be a kind of our next your next adventure. Exactly. That's awesome. So here's a, uh, a question to kind of wrap up the business side of things. You. Um, obviously you're a games athlete. Last year was your first week or your first year, um, qualifying for the CrossFit games. They happen to be in Madison, which is your own backyard. How much does that help or hinder the gym and its growth and its progress? Because I know, you know, on some levels having like a group of athletes that are getting ready for regionals or the games or stuff like that can kind of damper the overall like feel of the gym and stuff like that. Like we're in, yeah. and what I mean by that is you have a bunch of people that aren't really necessarily paying a membership. They're kind of doing their own thing off in the corner. Um, and then they, you know, want they don't necessarily like, like practice what they preach quote unquote. And I, I don't know exactly how you are with your training and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, you have your own time to train and stuff like that, but has being, or what are the positives and the negatives to you moving up, you know, the echelon of, being, you know, an elite athlete in the CrossFit scene and owning a gym. Like, I, I, that's something that's always interested me because I, I've never had any experience with that whatsoever. So I'd really like to get that take from you, like positives and negatives to being, you know, a games athlete and owning a CrossFit and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the positive, well, I'll say this, after the games were in Madison last year, I think we had close to 50 intros at the gym the following month. That's awesome. Which is, guys. which is crazy. I mean, you know, b- bottom line, like, CrossFit in Wisconsin wasn't, I mean, people knew about it, but the games coming to Madison was, was huge for us. It was all of a sudden, like, now everybody, I mean, it was on the news. I was on the news. People were interviewing me, you know. It was just like all of a sudden everybody wanted to at least try it, you know. Yeah. Um, it was a little chaotic, but we were happy to take it on because it was, you know, I wanted to, I was happy that people were coming to Norfolk. I mean, I have people drive 20, um, about 30 minutes just to come to my gym. They, they are, there's gyms closer to them, but they heard we were the best in the area. So it makes me proud, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like they've chosen us and, and that's, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, the, as far as being a gym owner and games athlete, like it's, it's tough, you know, um, I, I have to, like, you know, try and fit my, I used to try and fit my workouts whenever I could during the day because I was yeah. coaching all the time. And, and the second you walk in the gym, you know, someone wants to talk to you, you're the gym Absolutely. owner, you're the face of the business. And so it was hard for me to get my things done. So what I ended up having to do is I, the gym's open from 10 to noon, but it's it's not open meaning the door is open but the only people that get to work out from 10 to noon is me and my staff um and i make all the coaches work out with me we all do the same workouts so we're all on the same page which i i feel is huge um because we take what we do and kind of change it a little bit and that's what the classes do and and my feeling is i you can't coach someone through a workout if you haven't done it yourself 
you know what that's I mean? Awesome. That's kind of me. And so um, I know what they're feeling. I know what they're going through. I know what they're going to feel. And so I can kind of give them, you know, some pointers, tips, whatever. Some people listen to me. Some people, some people don't. Anyways. Um, so yeah, running the gym at the same time, you know, it, it, it can be stressful because people are always, you know, texting you, calling you, talking to you and this right. and that. And so you have to kind of draw that line like, hey, this is my time. You know, I, I need to get my workouts in just like just like you guys want to, you know. For sure. So that's a big one. Um, I, I, I just I, I really love the fact that you the, the whole point about your coach is doing the workouts with you and stuff like that. That is probably since I started yeah. coaching, the one thing that I have always pushed on, you know, or that I've always like prided myself in is that I don't make athletes do something that either I haven't done or I'm not willing to test out. So like even when I got out exactly. of, you know, doing the grid stuff and doing the conditioning on a regular basis, I have a couple of, of CrossFit athletes that I work with. And if I would write a workout that I look at after I write it out and I'm like, that looks horrendous. I, the next day when I'm in the gym, I'd set up the timer and I'd give it a go and be able to make adjustments or make suggestions and stuff like that because I'm just not – I'm not an axe murderer in that sense. Like I, you see right. some of these coaches that write stuff out, um, and I always would be the first to ask, be like, have you actually done this workout? Like have you – because, I mean, there was yep. one competition I remember doing, and it had an absurd amount of, you know, uh, I can't think it was like a salt bike deadlift something 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 and i it was just it was a, it was a, a a chipper essentially and i just remember like asking like has anybody actually run through this workout in its entirety and you know not died um because like just right. looking exactly. at like the, just looking at the total volume i'm like that nobody's gonna finish this and like in it with a, with a time camp and stuff like that so i'm really glad to hear that there are more and more gyms out there adopting that approach i was just talking to somebody earlier today that had that same mentality and that just i feel like that is a necessity if you want to run a successful business because not only does it give you, you know, does it give you more clout with the members, but it also gets more buy-in from the members. Cause like, especially if you're putting your score right up there with everybody else, you know, they can yep. see that like, Oh, I can beat Jeb today on this workout or something along those lines. Like it just kind of gives you, yeah. gives them that extra buy-in and want to keep coming back for more. Like you were saying, like give them a little bit of taste, you know, give them a taste and let them keep coming back for more and more and more. Yep. Yep. All right. So, um, do you have anything else to add to that in terms of being, you know, superstar games athlete and running a gym? Uh, I will, I will say, I will say one other thing. The, yeah. the, the other hard part is because I'm like to my members, I'm just, just Jeb. Yeah. You know, like, oh, whatever. You you do get a lot of members that think they can. They're like, oh, I I I just had a guy about three weeks ago. He goes, huh. He's like, yeah, I turned forty this year, so I'm really gonna hit it hard, and 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 they think they don't realize how much I put in to get to the game. Right. They don't realize the sacrifices and the hard work. So that's one that I struggle with from time to time. Most of the time I'm like, ah, whatever. They just don't get it. And then there's times where someone will say something like that. Like I turned 40 this year. I'm going to really hit it hard. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I've only done it. I've only been hitting it hard for a year. You know, like, no, it's been seven years since I started this, you know, this journey. So, that was one that I struggled with, you know, like upcoming to the games and stuff like that. You know, so you, you, I have, we do individual goals meetings with, with our members. We got an in-body machine. I don't know if I've told yeah, you that. In-body machine. Yeah. And then we sit down and we go over goals, you know, and we started with the members that have been there for three years or longer. Um, and it was probably, I don't know, like a hundred members or something like that. Yeah. And I, 
we probably had five members tell us they were going to go to the games this year. That was their goal. Yeah. Jeb Jeb went last year. This is going to be this is my new goal. Um, some of these people can't even do a chest bar pull up, mm. and I'm like, that might be a problem. That you know, it it's a tough like. Where do you you want to be real with them, but they're your yeah. members. You know what I mean? Where's and that, it's great, like lot? they're right. You know, and it's it's awesome that they're all into it. You know, they volunteered last year at the games. They were there. They were helping out. This year yeah. though, they're not going to volunteer. They're going to go. They're going to make it. And you're kind of like, do you have any idea, any idea what it takes to do that? Yeah. So right. that gets frustrating for me once in a while. You know, because you know, we I think all gyms get it. You get that new person in there, and they may pick up things. You know. Yeah. Quickly in the first few months. And they're they're feeling good, feeling great. They're going to go to the games, and then you know, then the open comes, and they don't even you know, they don't even come close. And you're kind of like you know, yeah, no. So that that's a big one because now it's great that everybody knows about the games now here, but yeah. now everybody's going to go. At least they think they are. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? So yeah, exactly. So that was probably the biggest negative. Yeah. I would say about the I, games coming to Madison. I, I can see that being a frustrating thing. So to wrap up this side of things, before we head into that lightning round, what are, um, I'm going to say three, but if you only got like one or two, that's fine. Three pieces of advice for somebody trying to get into, you know, the, the, the gym owner business, like three things that you wish somebody would have told you right from the start that you want to relay to other people that are getting in to kind of eliminate a lot of the bumps and, you know, roadblocks and stuff like that, that you dealt with. Um, number one, you're not just a coach. You're going to be a counselor. That's awesome, yeah. I you agree know, that 110%. I spend more time talking people off the off the edge than I do coaching, I swear. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, be smart with it with your business. Make sure you 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 know what you're worth and charge. You have to charge to you know it, you're there to make money at the end of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's fun to be a gym owner and it's everybody thinks like, Oh, you have the greatest day. You know, I love my job. I get up every day. I want to go in, but yeah. at the end of the day, I need to make money to take care of my family. So right. charge what you're worth, you know, know what you're worth and, and make sure you charge the money for it. You have to. And that's everything, you know, yeah. people want to try and get everything for you for free, but you can't. Yes. So. Yes. Yes, they do. Those are two huge ones. I'd say. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break real quick, and then we're going to uh, get a word from our sponsors, and we're going to move on into the lightning round. Ready? All right. Do you cringe every time you look back at your old Snatch videos, or do you, you know you are just one training session away from tweaking something because your Snatch is just so out of control? Or maybe you're pretty decent at it, but you just know you could be better. Stop trying to muscle it and just fix it. How, you ask? Head to snatch.thestrengthagenda.com and sign up for my free challenge, 30 days to a better snatch. Every day I'll send you some drills and exercises to incorporate as part of your warm-up. With just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll work on creating a smoother, less technically flawed snatch. In my own test and tests among some of my lifters, the side-by-side video comparisons have been insane. So stop struggling and set the foundation for a snatch PR. Snatch.thestrengthagenda.com and subscribe to the challenge now. All right, lightning round time. These questions have nothing to do with anything whatsoever. I'm just going to ask you the question, Jeb, and then you're just going to give me the first answer that comes to your mind. Now, like when I say they are random, like I mean okay. they are absolutely random. Okay, and the first one is probably the most random one of the bunch, but I feel like you might be more familiar with this than others. Okay, 
you were sitting at a bar with your buddies, you know, uh, just getting a couple of drinks. Uh, you hear the door open and close. You turn around. There's a penguin wearing a sombrero. You guys make eye contact. What is he saying to you and why? Huh. Yeah, um, right? What's, what's up? You... It's, a, it's a penguin? Yeah, it's a penguin wearing a sombrero and he talks. He said, what's up, Holmes? Can I, is this seat taken? Just, you're just going <laughs> to, no questions asked. You're just going to let him join you at the bar. Oh yeah, why not? It's a penguin with a sombrero. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's the most random one, okay? Uh, next one, you have a map of the United States, um, and every state is a button. And if you walk up to that, you know, that, that map, you push a state, you push that little button, and that state disappears off the map forever. Which state are you eliminating and why? Virginia. Wow. I lived there for a few years, hated it. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> A lot of my athletes are going to be heartbroken at that one, but that's okay. I mean, everybody's got their answer. That you're no, the, no, the part is just because I lived there. I lived there for a couple of years, and it was it was worse. It was all bad. right. Well, I will say this: you were the first person to say uh, Virginia or an East Coast anywhere state. Most of them have been in the Midwest or up north around like uh, Montana or the Dakotas. So you're the first person to go East Coast with your elimination. So kudos to you. All right. Uh, last question. Last question. This one I got asked on a podcast a while ago, and I love this question, so I, I ask it to a few people that I know would have some interesting answers. You walk up to one person, anybody that you want, and you can kick them square in the shins. No repercussions, no penalties, no nothing. You just get to kick them in the shins and walk away, and nothing ever gets said again. Who are you doing it to and why? Um, if I'm going to be honest on this one, my ex-wife. <laughs> No explanation. Well, anyway. All right, I, I got a bonus question for you. Cause I, I feel, were you a comic book guy? No, no, uh, not at all. All right, well, still, I still want to hear your opinion on this one. Batman versus Spider-Man. Right. Who wins in a fight and why? And I'm not talking, for some reason, people keep trying to throw Superman into this. Batman and Spider-Man. Who wins in a fight and why? Spider-Man. Why? Uh, I just think, I do watch some comics or watch some of that with my kid now, and I just like Spider-Man better. I think Batman's kind of a joke. Fair enough, fair enough. But he's a normal guy in a belt and everything. Anyways, I agree. I think Spider-Man, <laughs> he always take the guy with mutant powers over um, a mortal. All right, man, that's all I have for you. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or follow, you know, everything that you guys got going on, you know, where can they find you? Uh, Northfit. Uh, we have our Instagram, Northfit. Um, creamery and then uh, our website is you know northsidecreamery.com so CrossFit Fort Atkinson you can still look that up too it'll all go to the same place alright man well yeah. thank you very much for your time I greatly appreciate it a um, lot of great information here if you're looking to get into the business world check out Jeb uh, Jeb Simmons at the Northfit Creamery home of CrossFit, CrossFit Fort Atkinson until next time take care guys Thanks for listening to Strength Agenda Radio. Be sure to visit strengthagendaradio.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover exclusive offers and resources for our listeners. Until next time, train hard, lift heavy.